Good evening, everybody. Episode 98 of So What's Been Happening. Very close to number 100 now, and hopefully we're, well, we are in the proceeds of uh, process of um, f- putting putting a, a list of a big show. So stay tuned for that one. Um, AFL finals time, uh, as I refer to it tonight, as the big time. This is when it all gets a bit serious. Um, 24 rounds of hard work. Uh, the question is, who's going to do it come crunch time? Uh, let's find out pretty soon. But before we bring the boys up, uh, here we go with uh, 98 and a couple of famous 98s. There you go. A couple you remember there. Who will forget? Good old Windows 98. I reckon there's a still still a few computers kicking around with Windows 98, uh, running an absolute dream. They survived the millennium bug. Um who will forget that as well? What a joke that was. We spent an absolute fortune getting our computers and businesses up and uh, protective of the big day. Uh, and all that happened was probably, the, I don't even think the power went off. So it was an absolute farce. But great marketing concept, uh, nonetheless. All right, let's, uh, let's, these boys haven't been around for a while, so I'm excited about tonight. I've been doing a few solo shows in between. So look forward to a good chat about AFL finals time. Uh, it's a great time of year. Let's, Let's bring up the great man first. Lovey, welcome back, mate. G'day, mate. How you going? Yeah, very good. Exciting night. It is. It is. I I feel like I'm, uh, like I've got a new toy or something. It's uh, another episode, 98. I'll I'll tell you a funny story, number 98. I'll self-indulge myself for 15 seconds here, but it's not great, but everyone will find it funny. For those that are familiar with cricket, um, Yard ECA, Ringwood District Cricket Association, good feeder club into the Ringwood District team, you know, that plays in the state comp. Um, I've been out not in I've been out for 98 four times back when I was playing. So didn't even get to 99. Four times I was out 98. Um, I just couldn't crack a ton, but it wasn't even I didn't even get to 99. It's quite funny that we get to 98 because that's the only thing I can think of. Four times in the nineties, I was out. It was all of them in ninety-eight. So, so, what's the what's the change of mindset now? Next time you're on ninety-eight, mate, what happens? Get to ninety-nine. <laughs> just swing, mate. Just swing. don't even don't even look at hundred. Just get to ninety-nine. Yeah, I'll, I'll be happy to get to ninety-nine after after those. But no, nah, it's um, what a year. Um, I saw that real flash uh, Triple J Hottest One Hundred. Uh, the poster for that. I reckon one of my very favourite bands, and it's a show, and um, I can't remember his full name. Is it Mark Vig or Chris Vig? It, uh, or something like, uh, Christian Vig or something like that. But he, he ba- he's basically the producer of so many nineties massive albums. But he was also in Garbage, yeah. and that that their, their, their music late nineties and ninety eight in particular is awesome, absolutely yep. awesome. Yeah, awesome. Um... There's a, there's a couple of great notes for uh, 98, as you'll, as you'll read in the notes, but um, the AFL Grand Final, Adelaide and North Melbourne with Adelaide that present. Funny. Um, that was pretty Grand funny Final. watching that that day. The great Malcolm Blight getting the job done. Yep. Um, was that, was that Pathetic Pittman? What's that? Yeah. Was that Pathetic Pittman that year or was it 97? I can't remember now. But, um, yeah, very sure. – it was, it was quite funny watching those North Melbourne boys get ahead of themselves and cock it. It was great. Right, well, speaking of uh, speaking of North Melbourne blokes that get ahead of themselves, that's that's a good good seg segue, I reckon. Let's bring him up <laughs> to the great man, 
Hi, welcome back, Mike. Down, Dan, as a series, you're fitting. <laughs> but he's through the line out, and I had to I take it. Grand final. I sat at that grand final with my brother Justin right in the cheer squad next to the Adelaide Ferals. Yep. And up till half time, if you remember the game, North were dominating, but they were kicking points religiously. And and the great man Duck himself was the, the biggest culprit. And uh we went in at half time, I think with a lead of about twenty nine points, if I remember rightly, and were dominating play. And I looked at my brother and I said, We're gone here. They're gonna come out and absolutely run over the top of us. And sure enough, we sat there. We hadn't heard a pip squeak out of the Adelaide supporters for the whole first half. And by God, did they find their voice in the second half. So it was pretty disappointing. One that got away for the kangaroos in the 90s, no doubt about it. Yeah. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Let's bring on let's bring on the captain. We haven't seen him for a while. He's been renamed as Captain Cuz. He's been he's got a he's finally got one over the line. Welcome back, Cuz. Gentlemen, and I use the term gentlemen very loosely, looking at you, Rebel. Love, Stanton, nice of you to join us. Physicality you blokes have got, like any danger? Any danger. Uh, Love? Well, no, hang on, I'll get to you in a minute, mate, because your line of work's going to get a fair slapping tonight. <laughs> Lovey loses it. I'll give you the tip, mate. I'm just going to take your lovely loser tonight and it's going to be Cuzzers Crack It because I tell you what, the nuffies you sell houses, please, please. Righto, there's a nice little segue, Cuz. Nice little segue. Good to see the eraser's been well and truly lost in Put the away. In the cleanup. Christ, you, you've really sorted out your budget, haven't you, Cuz? You just uh, <laughs> look like you're trying to cut your face with a rolling pin at the moment. No need for mirrors in the house, mates. Save the money, I say. Save the money. Absolutely. Um, you don't need it if you've cracked it, cuz. That's what I say. Beautiful. Right All right, cuz. We're gonna we're gonna we might lead off, mate, because I know you're coming off a long run here. So let's let's uh let's get this going. <laughs> Let me just find we 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 just got it on to be fair to Dave Cosmo, we've uh, we have to go with this intro, don't we? Like the 89 Grand Final Like a damn sim It's what the crowd come to see Cousins Classics Well, it won't be a classic tonight It won't be a classic tonight, boys It's more just cousin crack it Like, in all honesty It can't be that house It can't, can't be that hard To sell a four-bedroom house in Montmorency I'm just putting it out there I'm not a real estate agent I wear that on the sleeve but in all, put up the disclaimer, fucking honesty, it can't be that hard. <laughs> can't be that hard. Now, I know there's this campaign thing called, I know there's this thing called campaign agent, which I understand the principle of it. Get the work done, comes off the main selling of the house side on. Simple. So when you've spent that money, why would... The Shana Blaze, Shana Blaze lookalike who thinks she is. Why she would say, come and spend more money on getting the house pretty? Which part of the campaign agent are you not understanding here, love? Just put it out. <laughs> you can have a right to apply a meta H. I'm a fair person like that. You know it's going bad when the former she who must be obeyed says, even you could sell this, Glenn. That's 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 where we're getting to, we're getting to it. There's a challenge. No names, no patrol. We'll park that. Next one. Our lovely tradies. Yeah, mate, I'll come and give you a quote. 
Any fucking answer, any fucking chance you answer the phone, mate, or just respond on the text. Just even a nothing, a finger, fuck off, mate. You, your property's no good. Just something like that would be good. Just something like that would be good. Thirdly, at the moment, being show number 98, let's go back to 1998. I'm feeling a bit like a couple of the blokes on the Titanic. A lot of water coming in, not a lot of boats to get on. Feeling a bit like um, the great movie of 1998, Armageddon. We want to have that in the up. I'm feeling like I'm in my Armageddon at the moment. Any danger, I don't want to miss a thing, but I feel like I'm missing everything. <laughs> it's, just, it's just too hard for me, boys. It's just far, far too hard. As you all know, I'm a man of simple measures. Don't like things too complicated. Wouldn't have thought it was that hard. I know you'll give me some fine feedback, all of you. Thank you, Ace. Nice little segue. But, look, it's... He's written <laughs> notes, so that's great. I have taken notes, so I did, I'll make sure I didn't miss them. <laughs> Never prepped like this in his life. But all I wanted to say at the end was, one of my favourite movies of all time came out in 1998, Saving Private Ryan. Some would say I'm past it, but can someone please save Glenn Curran? That's all I want to do. Over to you, boys. Uh, well, where love, do we start? Where do we start? I, 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 love, the, I love the Armageddon reference because it seems like you've had a rock to throw into your head. It's, um, you you're not very happy at all. <laughs> Just relax. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, okay. Okay. it's not okay, Razor. It's not okay at all. It's okay. Uh, Razor Ray has been demoted to uh, AFLW, I see, on the weekend. He did, yeah, yeah he was good. Yeah, fuck that up too. Right so, so, Hayden, let, let's give Hayden the floor in defence of real estate. Absolutely. Surprise. Tell us where he's gone <laughs> well, wrong here, Hayden. Well, I've got to be honest with you. There's a, there's a simple philosophy in real estate. The first and foremost <laughs> is... You choose an agent that will be transparent, give you good, honest feedback about the property market in your area, what you need to do to get the maximum in the marketplace, and then you hold that person to account to deliver the result. That's 101 real estate. Now, I'm not familiar with Montmorency. In fact, a person once told me the best part of Montmorency is the road in and the road out, but I, I wouldn't <laughs> Uh, I wouldn't refer to that too, cuz. I don't want to whack you while you're down. I'm trying to save you, son. I'm trying to get you up and about. My issue, in true, in, to being fair and being honest, the agent wasn't the issue. When we spoke to Shana Blake from before, well, they never mentioned anything about a building inspection. And to my small knowledge of buying and selling houses, that's something that the vendor would, or sorry, the purchaser would do when they were looking at buying it. Okay, we're going to purchase it on the proviso that we get a building inspection. Now, when Shana Blaze came in the other day, that was the first thing she led with. And I'm not a stylist, but I would have thought, hang on, love. To quote the great West Lion, that the cobbler's cobbler. You're a stylist. Last time I looked, you're not a real estate agent. How is this relevant to what we're talking about here? So I'll probably, no, probably get a clip term more than the start than the agent. That's a fair point. I mean, yeah. it's buyer beware when you buy a home and assuming that your home is well and truly over 25 years of age, the buyer 
responsible to run their own building and pest inspection. And therefore, only major structural defect will cease a sale to exist or major type infestation. But some vendors do do a pre-inspection report to provide that as part of the Section 32, and they do that in good faith to show confidence to the buyers that we're not hiding anything here on the property. Which I would have thought would be mentioned day dot, but we're not going to we're not going to we're not going to hijack the podcast on how much I'm loving this whole process at the moment because it's. Oh, no, please do, please do. <laughs> with, with the year I've had, it's taught me the whole process thing. And Lovey went through this about about twelve months ago, probably a bit longer. I've got better at the process, just breathing and. But I, I was annoyed by her by this lady's attitude in terms of. I haven't got a bottom of we as in Jody and I haven't got a bottomless pit of money to keep throwing money. Like the house is worth what someone has to buy, wants to pay for it. I understand that, but in terms of what we need to spend on it, I'm not going to just keep spending money to not make money, so to speak. So if you the the rule of thumb is, if you spend a thousand, you get three thousand back. Spend fifty. 150 like that's so we spent 30 to make sort of 90 to get it over the million i don't want to spend any more nice tim libby <laughs> well played g bear that was a great comment um but i've found you the best buyer of all cars and here she is this is what's going to happen mate yeah. Not the <laughs> yeah. that's what you're looking for mate someone that doesn't care about a pet uh pest inspection mate they're just going to ram a big wrecking ball through the joint and put Oh, look, half a dozen townhouses on it. Realistically, that's the one. That's the buy you're looking for at the moment. And the, and mate, I don't care. Once someone's someone has buys it, it's their issue. But don't don't bullshit a bullshitter. Yeah, righto. Let's move on. Uh, just before we get into AFL finals, H, tell us about the result of your season, mate. Uh, look, we we unfortunately uh, we bowed out a few weeks ago now uh, to the Hyatt Bulldogs, who we'd beaten twice throughout the year. First round, we beat them comfortably at their home ground. I think it was round six by 72 points. Uh, probably played our best game for the year that game. And uh, subsequent rematch at our uh, hybrid home ground at Tony Way Reserve, Cranbourne West. Now, talking about real estate, if anyone gave you any any ticket to anywhere in Victoria to live and it was free, please don't live in Cranbourne West. <laughs> but anyway, um, it's, it's, it's an I think Glennie came down there one day and the, the last few parties alive on his head were blowing sideways into the, the neighbouring houses there. So uh, we beat them there on a kick after the siren by a point and then we played them obviously two weekends ago with a depleted team, they were really up and about. We were really poor, unfortunately, and lost by seven goals. So we bowed out in the elimination final of the first week of the finals after finishing fourth on the ladder. I think we finished seventh the previous year. So we won four more games and played a finals campaign. Unfortunately, we, we weren't good enough to go any further this year. Beautiful. Stepping stones, H. Stepping stones. Can you give us a scoop, H? Are you, are you going around again? Yes. No, I have, I have committed to going around again. The... The, um, the competition actually surprised me. It's a little better than what I thought it was. I think the Southern League in the next three to five years might actually really improve quite a bit. At the moment, you'd say clearly the Eastern Footy League and the A-grade Ammos is still the penultimate. And I believe that, obviously, you know, the top sides uh, out in the Essendon District Footy League are very strong. 
And obviously the, the top three or four sides down in the Geelong, the main league in the Geelong league are strong. Some of the country leagues at the moment are really dropping off and, and numbers are down across the board in participation. Um, for example, Hampton Park, who I'm coaching in the Southern League, uh, there's about 48 teams for memory in the Southern League. Only 11 or 12 sides in the whole Southern League can field an under-19 side. Mm, that's a struggle. So of yeah. the, that, that's really poor in my you know, summations of, of long-term success because you really need junior clubs feeding you because player points become so important now in local footy as well. So every player I recruit into the footy club who comes from a better standard comes straight away as a three-point player or a four-point player if they've been affiliated with TAC Cup or VFL or a five-point player if they've played in in two clubs in two years. So it's it's really a big issue. But anyway. It, it's interesting you say that, H, because – sorry, I think just that, there's a bit of an issue at the moment in the Northern footy – and netball league as well, they've got the 19s teams, but a lot of the 19s boys are finding they're doubling up to play 19s and often twos as well. So they're having the same sort of issue with the sort of whether it's a lack of a school connection or an under 19 connection. And once you you lose that, it makes it hard for the senior team or the club in itself to survive successfully. Yeah, of course it does, hundred percent. So and they feeds. It's interesting, Newson Footy League. They've got four divisions of under-19s. Uh, sorry, three. And they've got a very large division, three, four. Um, but I actually put it back to many, and it's been a gradual decline ever since school programs stopped becoming compulsory VCE. And you had things like VCAT. You had things like VET come in. And you've got that complete disconnection all of a sudden from the ability to go from school to your, your local footy club with a bunch of mates from school. It's not the same as it is a tradie school or anything like that because they're all doing off doing their own thing. Um, I, I, I feel like either you're playing for your school on a Saturday morning, such as you know, your private schools, your AGSs and all the rest of it, or most of the time they're just not playing. And the other thing that concerns me is a lot of those guys that come fresh out of their school footy and all the rest of it, they expect coin before they're looking to participate. And if they're not getting any coin anywhere, then they usually just end up not bothering to play. And, and it's, it's just, there's a lot of factors. I don't know why the Eastern Footy League's got three reasonably strong, well, three competitions anyway, I don't know why, I don't know why that's the anomaly compared to most other uh, comps in Victoria. Um, the only other anomaly to that, I reckon you can go within 50 kilometres of the Murray and go from right up the top of Mildura all the way down through to um, Benalla. Um, all those competitions are still pretty strong, but you get away from the Murray, you go to the Centrals, the Highlands, and then uh, Midwest, like where Neil and the rest of it are. I, I, I do think that there's a real struggle to literally field football clubs, field football teams, because cost of living doesn't escape football clubs, doesn't escape sports clubs. And, um, you know, if I'm, an, if I'm an 18, 19 year old kid and I get told I can get double time and a half. That's the other factor too. So I don't know what they do about nineteen footy. It used to be awesome. It used to be fantastic. Um, you know, you you know, you played your footy with it was it was wet every single week, even if the sun was out, let's face it. Um, but it was so much fun. But that's been taken out. So yeah, I, I, I don't know what the answer is to that. Um, I do think maybe it's just a it's just an evolution now of, of, of football. The, the, 
your senior and reserves clubs more than ever need to link up with their junior 17s and their junior clubs in general. And I still don't think football clubs have got that down very well either. Yep, fair call. Um, all right, I found the missing piece, Cuz, to your real estate selling the house no. issues. Um, just send send H a text, mate. You, you're missing that light show that that H has got in his lounge. Yeah, no, he's good. That'll sell any house, mate. I'm just trying to see what's <laughs> on your glasses. Mate, the knob comes on. Got the perfect reflection. That's it. That's that's it's good. 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 Nice. That's still the Christmas tree from last year. No, it's racing. Oh, that's a lovely plant. It's a fake plant my wife's got in the corner. I don't know what she's doing, but anyway. Got it. Beautiful. Hello to the lovely Katie too, mate. While you're there, H. She's out tonight. That's that's why I'm talking to you, cuz. I've, I've been let off the shackles. <laughs> she knows it's me. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> Is your head itchy, cuz? No, nah, mate. It's got a sore neck. Thanks for asking, Ellen. No, no. Is it itchy? I mean, it's the first time you've ever had a beard. So let's let's Where's go. I've got a neck. What's the go? I've got a neck. No, a beard. I'm talking stuff. about your goose. A beard. Is it itchy or not? No, you can't it's all right. that. No. Okay. You went through no. puberty. Okay. Good. That was a while ago. Okay. okay. All right. A couple of minutes before we kick into footy, we're already ticking over half an hour. I can't believe it. You blokes talk that much shit. All right. Let's go on with Lovey. Here we go. What's gonna make our friend Lovey mad today? Lovey loses it. Lovey loses it. Lovey loses it. Yeah. Here we go. So, what do you got for us, Lovey? I don't know, but is that Hayden's foot or his hand? I don't know. Um, let, let's be, let's enjoy this time of year from a football perspective. We always should, we always will. Um, and I think maybe I just need to switch off my TV, my phone a lot more. But it, I don't know if it's just me, um, but I'm the oversaturation of football media, NFL media is reaching points where it's just absolutely, it's disgraceful. And it's, it's to the point where I actually think they're a bunch of geniuses, these try-hard journos in football, where they've created this industry somehow of speaking utter shit and they get paid for it. I, 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 think, I, miss, I think I missed the boat. I missed my career choice, clearly. Um, I'll give you an example. We get this on a regular daily basis, this sort of crap. Um, so Dustin Martin, you know, Dusty's finished finished for the year, like most other players, right? A lot of other blokes may be thinking up their options. So Tom Brown, everyone knows Tom Brown, how, how much of a wonderful journalist he is. What do you reckon? What do you reckon his absolute burning issue was this morning on radio? Dustin Martin, I'll quote you this. He had his exit interview last week. Oh, fuck. I think there's definitely a discussion going on in the background at the moment about what Dusty at Richmond next year looks like. Fuck, do you reckon, Tom? Do you think they've just decided to sit him in a corner and go, nah, we'll talk to you in December, Muppet. We'll see you later. Of course they have those fucking discussions. And then he uses the word, oh, he might be diversifying his interests and maybe looking at the Gold Coast. Do you think? I mean, we all know that Damien Hardwick is coach of the Suns now. So I, I just don't think that we need to have as many of these journos in media as what we currently do. 
and it's ruining the game. It's ruining the concept of being able to sit down and just enjoy watching your footy. I also look at people. I look at pundits like uh, uh, Matty Lloyd. Now, I know that Hayden, Hayden and I, Hayden spoke to me before about this, and he makes a really good point. People like Matty Lloyd, Kane Corns, aren't even qualified journalists or even media, media experts, but they call themselves pundits. The amount of players, the amount of ex-players that now just jump on radio or TV and just want to smash their own club, you're a disgrace. You're an absolute utter disgrace. And the gutter journalism in particular for someone like Kane Corns comes up with just, just talks absolute crap about topics that no one even thinks about or cares about. I'm tired of the AFL football media. I'm growing very despondent with the AFL partly because of the media. And um, I don't know. They're talking about needing standards for different industries. I reckon this one needs an absolute kick up the arse. So that's my rant. Just shut up and let us enjoy our football. Fair call. It's so, so good, love it, because I, I think the thing I, I dislike about the media at the moment, especially the AFL media, is it's like the apologies you see in the paper when they get an advertisement wrong or something like that. The 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 bagging is on page one. That's a, It's the full banner. Polls did this or someone did that. Then the apology is buried in about page 37. It's about that big. Corns does it. Lloyd's done it. Brown does it. They all do it. Barrett. They make this sweeping statement. And then when it doesn't happen, they go, oh, yeah, I got that wrong. But they never you know, never apologise. Someone like a Barrett, someone like Barrett, I, I hated the way he went about that Essendon investigation. And I think he he stepped over the line way too many times on a lot of the assertions that, let's face it, never came to fruition. A lot of what he said ended up not being factually correct. And he's tidied himself up. So that's good. I, I, I don't get as offended by uh, Damien Barrett anymore as I used to. But I tell you what, and, and people, and all that people actually tell me, oh, you can't say that. Caroline Wilson would almost be the worst journalist in Australian football right now. People tell me, oh, she gets some things correct. She gets things right, though, ultimately. Mate, eventually I'll throw a 501 on the dartboard one day. Yeah. You know, yeah. I can throw 400 darts. I'll get to 501 eventually. Yeah. Okay, right. You know, it's, it's a fucking joke. And it, 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 just, it just pisses me off. It's, it, I was just listening to the the radio this morning, and I thought to myself, you know what, I'm glad he's off Channel 7. I hope this bloke just goes and commentates on warm bowls for the rest of his life or some shit and just does not interfere with, the, with our enjoyment of playing football anymore. And the same with all of them of, of his ilk as well. Yep, fair. You've uh, made sense on a lot of those statements and mate, there's none of us are going to uh, disagree with a lot of those. Um, I don't want to cost myself a television having to listen to these dickheads. That's all. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. I think uh, the safest angle for you, Lovey, is to turn it off during certain hours. Is my advice. Um, <laughs> a bit like Cuz uh, needs to turn his turn the tap off occasionally. Cuz, what do you reckon? <laughs> what are you trying to say? You bald-headed bastard! You're not really sure. Well, are here, you, we yeah, um, here we go. Here we go. Righto, let's get into it, boys. It's footy time. Finals time. Here we go. Thursday night. Now, as, as the only one with a vested interest, are you going to make sensible discussions and decisions or are you going to be clouded by your red and blue blood? Right, I'm going to declare it. I'll declare it right now, cuz. Jesus. <laughs> let's be rough. Um, 
I think we win it. But anyway, let's talk about that later. <laughs> so here we go. Um, going back to Thursday I night. Need, so you know what, guys? By the way, I need a tattoo game. So someone think up something here. <laughs> oh, um, tattoo game. Lovey's oh. got one for us. So I can feel it already. Um, Collingwood, Melbourne. Kick off on a Thursday night at the G. Uh, sell out crowd, no doubt. Pissing rain by the sound of it. Um, what's the thoughts, boys? Uh, do you do you roll the roll the dice and bring Grundy in? You leave him out. What are the options here? Uh, we're going to start with you, Cuz. You know, doesn't play. Bailey Fitch is back now, so you've got your forward line back to being sorted. Yep. And I think Melbourne, even in the wet, five goals, Collingwood straight sets. Gone. Right, you're already pushing forward weeks now, Cuz. Yep. <laughs> I like I like your thinking though. Quick to kill Collingwood. <laughs> um, if you don't love him, uh, you hate him. That's because no, you, you don't don't play unfit players in finals, and I think they're going to roll the dice with more. And I don't think he's fit. Yep. Yep. All right, uh, Lovey. Let's go with yours, mate. Uh, I think Melbourne win this week. If they don't pick Tom McDonald, they go horses for courses with the weather conditions and they bring in James Harms instead. I think you've got to go, I think you've got to go mobile, agile, quick. You've got to be able to cover the ground and territory. And Tom McDonald is not going to be as skillful with the football as what James Harms will be in the weather either. So the best players, your better skillful players actually perform better in the wet. They're used to this old adage of, oh, if it gets wet, the two, two you know, the better team comes back to the the, 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 the the crappier team a bit more. I don't agree. I've never subscribed to that. And that's because your best skilled players actually are really, really good in the wet as well. And I think if you get James Harm in instead of Tom McDonald, you're still going to find goals. You're still going to find avenues. You've got your smalls you know, hanging around Fritchie anyway. Um I just think if Melbourne get that selection right, they win by a couple of goals. I think Collingwood probably aren't as solid around a stoppage ball apart from the goalie as what Melbourne are broadly. And look out, look out also for the ginger ninja through the middle for Melbourne too. Clayton's ready to explode, I think. Yeah, so Harms in a tagging role or Harms just been no, one through no, the No, Harms just goes and hunts that football, uses it well enough, Hard gets a bloke to... Yeah, gets the blokes on the outside moving. Um, releases releases Clayton Oliver having to go in the, on the inside a lot more, along with Petrarca and and um, uh, Todd, uh, Todd Viney, Jack Viney. I think yep. you know if Harms can share that load a bit more as well, then it's going to serve him. I think that I think that would serve him better. Yep. Righto, H. What's your thoughts, mate? Uh, Melbourne to win a grade game of Melbourne's contest. Wet conditions, bigger bodied midfielders. Jay uh, Viney, best on ground. Uh, Collingwood rely on ball movement, slingshot, frantic ball movement off half back, greasy ball, pressure up, high half forwards doing their work, pick it to kick three, Melbourne by four goals minimum. What's Langdon paying for best on ground? Uh, Langdon's form's been a little hit and miss this year, I reckon. I think they've done their work on Langdon a little bit. I, I, I reckon they'll be working on those big four in the middle, and I reckon Langdon can get off the get off the leash a little bit in the wet in the weekend. So, if, if I'm coaching Melbourne, I'd be putting Langdon on a head to head with Josh Dacos and nullify because mm. his running capacity is elite. So, I'd be saying, yeah. look, 
Langdon, from, from our perspective, we don't care if you get it 15 times, but if you keep Dacos at 12 touches on the wing and his brother's sitting there holding Peter's old fella in the stands and Darcy Moore's got pink fluoro-coloured headbands on, then we're pretty happy with where we're at. Melbourne are a contested beast team. They're going to get a wet night. They're going to bring their A-grade contest game. It'll be a four-territory game, and I like the fact that that they're going to have more people around stoppage that are going to be able to get momentum and ball movement forward. And that's what stands up in finals. Their game's oh, built for finals, yeah. isn't it, Hodge? Like their, their, their game is absolutely built for finals. And if they get that pressure on the ball, they're able to set up behind the ball. So aerially, the ball coming in, I don't expect to see anyone from Collingwood having any aerial ability to be able to impact. Yes, they've got some good ground-level players, but I just think some of their periphery players will get found out. I think Melbourne, it's my pick of the round. Like, I think clearly they're a standout. I think too much falls on to Goey for Collingwood in this one too, just quietly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, think you're, I think you're right. They're, uh, they're expecting a hell of a lot from Goey, and if he doesn't get up and going, and I think he, he's going to be able to do it in patches. Um, and I think the key to the game for me, I think McDonald plays personally. Um, I don't think Harms will get there, sadly. Uh, I think his best work's... Good, very good, absolutely. And I love everything about Harms. I always have, but I just think he's going to miss. Um, Grundy could be a could be a sneaky, I still think, honestly. Um, it's going to be a question of Collingwood going with Cox and Cameron. Um, that's going to be interesting. So we'll see. Um, but let's... Uh, I love Ian, love Ian H, just quickly. Obviously, Moore's going to play... Do you play a forward on more to make him more accountable to allow him not to zone off? No, no, you just play no. through him. You just, just play through his Just basically go through the player, though. Yep. 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 Um, just a real quick one. I've played with blokes who have missed finals and premierships and grand finals with injury on the cusp of. So, really sad. I, I was. I was shattered for Jakey Melkson um, two weeks ago. Yeah. That was that was that was terrible. Um, so, you know, I mean, that guy, that poor bugger missed out the 2021 premiership as well. Yep. Um, just, yeah, it's just not nice seeing that sort of thing. So hopefully he gets another crack at it next year as well. I mean, it would probably be his, what is he pushing, 31, 32 next year. It, it would be, you know, really awkward age, but hopefully he can get back. But um, the only thing I'll be worried about too with Melbourne, uh, for Melbourne is I feel like Pendles has got one more finals game in him. If you don't put enough time into Pendles and he finds it on the outside a lot more, then he could cut them up a bit. So I still think you've got to keep an eye on Scotty. Yeah, fair call. Um, look, I, I think where it's one for us, um, Melbourne, is the ability to cut Collingwood down on their on their amount of um, challenges they're going to put through. They're obviously going to get momentum swings during the game. If we can keep those momentum swings to as little... Um, impact as possible on the scoreboard and hopefully with that pressure is going to bring sprayed kicks and everything else and I think if we can limit that and limit the three and four goal bursts I think um, Melbourne should should be too strong in the end but let's see. H, H how much would you play Petrarca if you were to go so mid forward give me your percentages for this weekend. Um, I think with Oliver back now I think they've they've been able to What's actually happened with Melbourne, watching them, is they've developed other players to play roles now around the edge of the contest. So I think that gives them the flexibility to play Petrarca forward more. 
matchup wise, then if you think about who would go to him for Collingwood down back, like they don't have a player that matches up on Petrarca because if you play someone on him aerially, they can't beat him on the ground. So they'll go with Quainor. That's who they'll play on him because they'll or think he's Or would they go Maynard? Would they go Maynard maybe? I, I think Main. I think Maynard. I think Maynard will generally play on the second tall, and yep. he's a support player. You can't play a Maynard on a on a Petrarca. You get yeah. nothing out of him offensively. Then he can't come off his man because you can't leave Petrarca free. So I think they sacrifice a bit of Quainor's run to just play a lockdown role. But then when he goes on the ball and they can slip someone else forward, it throws the Collingwood backs, back six out as well. I, I just think that Petrarca will start forward. I think they'll back their system with Oliver and Viney. And then depending on who they play the third in there in terms of their starting mids. But they have flexibility. They can play a role player in there if they need to. If Harms came in, Harms would go and lock down on Dugowie. But I don't see. I'm with Azza. I just think that Harms is in the... We'd like to have you, but you're not in our best 22 at the moment or 23. And I think that's unfortunately where he sits. You know? I think Sparrow's taking a bit of that role now. Um, yeah. So, so Sparrow, Sparrow maybe go through early as a mid if the tracker starts forward. Yeah, well, Absolutely. look, he's a good player, but he also has got legs. He's got wheels. He gets on the outside and can run. Yeah. I'll tell you one thing I, I hope we get to see. I really hope we see Van Ruin and Howe playing each other and just lob it in the air. <laughs> Yeah, Rabbit, yeah. both of you just have a go at it. That'd be amazing. It'd be like Van back in the day, wouldn't it? Those sort of marking contests of blight and nights, so just, just jumping in the air for no, no, just no disregard for safety. Yeah, yeah. I'm here. Yeah, all right. I'd uh, my tip, I'd love to see the demons by 30. So, um, I'll Boy, take it by one, to be perfectly honest. Um, any, anything, anything to do to get there, uh, I'll take. So, let's move on to the second game, boys. This will be a yeah, ripper on look, Friday night too. Let's just look after your ticker though too, As So um, let's make it comfortable enough. Yeah. I've had a check not long ago, mate. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's going to stand, stand the test. Stand the test. <laughs> so, good. I look forward to the text, boys. All right. Um, Friday night, Carlton versus Sydney Swans. This should be a ripper. Um, it's Carlton. We talk about who's who's back. Um I know you boys aren't big Carlton fans, being Essendon supporters, uh, the two of you, but... Um, I think it's fantastic to see Carlton back in the mix. Um, it's great for finals uh, for the AFL. Uh, let's see. Um, talk about 19th man in the stands. Uh, these crowd, if they if they get up, get up and get going, um, they're an incredible team, Carlton at the moment. But uh, the question is, they've made it to the finals now. It's, a, it's an interesting mindset when you make a final now and you haven't been there for so long. You've come – have you achieved almost your goal now? And, and uh, you know, you start doubting yourself when you're one or two goals down and then the, 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 it just drops away. Um, so that's my worry and fear for Carlton. And that's where Sydney, uh, in my opinion, can, can roll over them. But Sydney haven't finished well uh, in the fourth quarters this entire year. So Melbourne really lucked it last two weeks ago playing Sydney – up there and were able to run over them after they held them back for so long. But Sydney, a great defensive team, so I think they're going to pull Carlton back a little bit. And if they can take the crowd out of it um, and they can they can hold uh, hold Carlton to uh, as little little uh, scoreboard pressure as possible, I think um, it's set up for Sydney to roll over them. But I th- I hope Carlton's got one final in them just for just for the sake of uh, big footy. Um, 
big footy moments uh, and first round finals to, to see him into the second week. But uh, H, let's kick off with you, mate. What's your opinion? Uh, well, look, if you if you trust in stats and you trust in the 24 rounds that we've watched and what matters in finals matters and counts and they play somewhere near their best, Sydney have gone to, I think, 12th, 12th worst now or 12th best, whichever way you want to look at it, in contest wins, so winning contested ball. That was always their one wood, so they're really poor at that now. And I think with Papley, we're coming off a hamstring. No Franklin, no X-Factor fall to the ball. Heaney hit and miss. And contest game for Carlton's top three in the comp. We can't – Kerno on fire. Um, and and just more more run and more outside spread. I, can't, I, I actually think Carlton will win. I, I think Carlton will win probably by somewhere in the vicinity of 18 to 30 points. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, now, Sydney, Sydney's one wood prior to this year has been their ability to slow down the opposition and win contested ball. They are 12th, if not 13th in that this year. Yeah, they okay. fall to the ball. I'll ask you this question, gentlemen. Who is the dangerous player outside of Papley? Fall of the ball. Who can jump on the scoreboard for Sydney on Friday night? I'll, I'll, I'll respond to that. Do they need a match winner up forward? They haven't. They've still won 14 games this year. Um, and they've won it not off the, just off the back of Papley. Their midfielders are kicking more goals. So if they're losing if they're losing contested football this year, I think it's because they've become more attacking. And I, I feel like they've still got, while they've still got players like Goulden and that floating around as well, looking to push forward, uh, that's going to put a lot of pressure on a very inexperienced Carlton backline apart from Wiedering. So, um, I, I get your, I get your point. I, I agree. I think they've become a bit of um, become very gun shy with their driver in the golf bag. I think, if you like, and uh, you know, they become Henrik Stenson. Never uses his driver. He goes to the three wood. I think they've. Um, I think I, I do think they've adjusted to that though a little bit, and um, you know, they, they, they've still got. Uh, Amati, they've still got uh, McLean. They've got targets. Now, if they clunk them, bonus. But if not, their smalls have been getting the job done for them. Um, yeah, they haven't won too many significant games this year. That goes against them. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think they've, they've robbed Peter to pay Paul a little bit. Yep. Look, look I, I think it's Carlton's to lose, but I think it's a for for elimination final. It's a bit of a free hit for this for the Swans. And I think if the weather's going to be like the forecast say it is going to be, it's going to be a bit of a a slog fest. And I know, as you said, H, they've lost their ability to win the contested footy. And that's been their one wood for for as long as sort of I've been watching footy. That's been their sort of pride and joy. But I just think, similar to as said, I'm not saying that pressure's on Carlton, but they weren't convincing. In their last couple of weeks, they had a loss. Maybe it's a loss they needed to have. But I just think if Sydney can come with a bit of pressure early on, going against the trend of their last three or four weeks, wet, yuck, nine, you never know what might happen. You know what, Cars? You said something there. And what's the one thing you don't ever want to give the Sydney Swans? A sniff. A free hit, yeah. Because they'll, they'll take a free it. Hit. Yeah. They will come and they will absolutely torture you. They do it time and time again. Every time they've been underestimated, ever since 
Paul Kelly played football for them ever since then. Every time you've underestimated them, they come out and they smack you. So I don't think Cutman are going to underestimate them. If you want my tip, God, I would love nothing more than to see Carlton lose by either 100 points I would froth for the whole rest of the weekend. It would be just wonderful for me. I honestly think the upset game in this is the Sydney Swans-Carlton game. And I think that Sydney are built for finals. They've still got finals pedigree. Carlton are playing their first one ever. And I, I, I feel like Carlton, if they're not careful, they're going to feel like we've made it, it's good enough. You know, a bit of the Essendon syndrome from the previous five years where we had three elimination finals losses. I think Carlton need to be very, very careful. They don't underestimate the Swannies. Um, and, you know, I, I, I think Sydney has, still have a defensive system that's capable of slowing um, Charlie Kerno down. Carton are basically playing with 21 men because Mackay's no good. Um, and uh, to your point, I, I think I still don't think Cripps is going to be quite fit either, just quietly. So I, I see Sydney an upset. Four, three goals for me. Just quickly, boys, sorry. Um, made a comment before a great former under-19 Melbourne champion, Phil Partington. Did a lot of great coaching in the junior ranks for many years. Made a comment before. Good to see you, Pardo. Very good fella. H knows him pretty well, I'm pretty sure. Yep. We'll have to get him on and get the truth about you and your under-19 stuff too then. Oh, no. We, we we may get him on another night, but not tonight. That's okay. We're <laughs> in the process of uh, chasing down Mark Cross too, just to let you know, Cuz, to give you your <laughs> oh, well, honest opinion. Well, hey, mate. Why Cuz got cut. Just quietly, yeah, mate. Well, you'll feel bad now because... <laughs> Because Mark Cross is no longer with us, mate, unfortunately. Well, that's why we can't get to him. Yeah, you won't be able to track him down. That's <laughs> there you go. So, yeah, <laughs> be what you wish for. Pretty sure Alan Jarrett's still alive, though. You can get hold of him. Uh, there's a couple. Jeez. Don't worry. There's a, there's a few. I've asked, I asked the Ox. He said he didn't know you. So, uh, yeah. I remember that one. Okay. You love saying that, don't you? <laughs> anyway, um, I think the Blues. The Blues have got one in them, I'm hoping. Anyway, yep. let's I see. Agree. And the Blues by three goals. Um, I think they scrape through, so that's that's their final, and then they then they come up against the Pies, which is my interesting um, one for next week. But anyway, you know what? I, 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 I just on a closing point. Next time we have an earthquake in Melbourne, can it just Princess Park? That's it. <laughs> just <laughs> cave great place, place for in. footy, mate. Just cave in. Oh, I loved it. Yeah, imagine having a Carlton and Sydney on a bloody Collingwood. What was it the other night? Who played there the other night? Melbourne Collingwood. Melbourne Collingwood. Collingwood. You're the stupid Carlton's in Sydney on the on the thing. Why? Yep. It's not a Carlton home game. Yep. Um, these blokes, yeah, these they blokes do just some want weird everything. things, mate. They do some weird things, that's for sure. Their nineteenth man is still the brown paper bag, by the way. But anyway, let's move on. I'll tell you the weirdest one that I heard recently. Um, grand final day. Collingwood AFLW is playing at eleven o'clock. At Olympic Park on Grand Final Day. Oh, really? Have a look it up. Talk about put the cart before the horse. I think they're absolutely expecting a Collingwood to be in the Grand Final. Um, and what if it's what if it's, the road watching what if it's Gold Coast versus what if it's a Gold Coast Frio Grand uh, Final? 
No, this is an AFLW final. This is a normal, just a round of AFLW. Oh, okay. The same day as the AFL grand final. Yeah. Um, work, how stupid is that? So Kiss are going to be playing not long uh, in, in or in amongst that. And you got the AFLW getting, talk about terrible programming. How they couldn't play, get them out there on the ground before. If you're going to play them seriously, genuinely on grand final day, put them out yeah. there in the middle, mate, and do something. Get them starting. AFLW. Start them at 12 yeah. o'clock. Perfect. Well, it's James Grace, I like to call him, Chris. Remember, remember when I came on the footy show? No. Years ago? No. Look it up. Look it up. I was in bed by then, cuz. All right, oh, hey, hey. let's go with Saturday's, Saturday's game. Here, talk about another sneaky. Snuck into the eight. The, the St Kilda Saints. Uh, welcome back, St Kilda, to finals time. It's been a while. Uh, look forward to this one. 3.20 start, one of those stupid times. But anyway, we'll get it done on against the Giants. Lovey, what's your thoughts against your GWS Giants that you love so much? My thoughts. So, uh, I think the winning team kicks eight goals in this game for starters. <laughs> um, both, both teams are extremely good defensively. Um, but they're horrible moving forward. Although Essendon allowed GWS to kick a record score the other week, so they know they can at least kick a score. Um, oh, look, it's it's a case of St Kilda looking across the other side of the centre square, yeah. and all they see is Toby Green, and still probably thinking, "How the hell do we beat this kid?" Yeah, uh, it's like it's like the schoolyard. It'd be like the schoolyard. You could have you could have you know, seven or eight midfielders lining up, and there's Toby, and Toby will beat you all. It's like British Bulldog, you can't get him. Um, I, I still think some, I actually think St Kilda wins is relatively comfortably. Um, I, I do think that their defensive system will shut down a lot of the free football that the GWS guys have been able to kind of get in the last two to three weeks. I don't think Ross Lyon will allow that to occur. I think he'll choke the game down to, a, to the point where everyone, in, even in their own lounge rooms, are going to be, you know, someone kick a goal. Um, but I, I, I think I think there's more upside of St Kilda's form line, though, and I, and I say that because Jack Steele, Ross, they haven't played great years. They've been solid without being absolutely brilliant. And, I, and I'm going to back them in to absolutely play their best game of the year this week. Like Jack Steele, Jack Steele's an All-Australian. He's, at his best, he's a top 10 footballer in the competition. Mm. So I, I, I back him to absolutely get himself going again. I think just in time, their forward line structure has come together with Membry and King uh, and then some of their smalls. And I, I, I do think they've got that together just in time. And I just think they'll probably stretch the GWS defence without Sam Taylor. That's a massive loss for me. Sam Taylor, he's as important, if not more important, than Toby Green to that team. He's not the best, but he's the most important player. Um, so without him, that's why I'm probably leaning towards St Kilda. I just think St Kilda will get more ball inside 50 through basically a rolling mall. Um, but uh, I think St Kilda will progress just by about eight points. Okay, so a pretty close one. Carl, got your thoughts? Yeah, yeah, good, good points. Look, I'm with you. I think it's not going to be a high-scoring game, and I think that will be dictated too by the way that Ross Lyon coaches and the way that St Kilda play. 
from a defensive mindset first. And I agree with what you said about Steele and Seb Ross, but I also think they're sort of 10-game, sort of 40-game players have really stepped up this year and become really good role players. They haven't been stars. They've done their roles really well, and that's sort of let Seb Ross and Steele sort of not, not ease off, but sort of just play more sort of bit parts. But as I think the cream will come to the top. Look, I think the result against Essendon is probably not going to do Jedebos any favours. It's probably a bit of a lopsided result. So they'll people might think they and they might think they're in better form than what they are. Toby Green's a star, and he'll do what Toby Green does. But I just think, unfortunately, a lot of the heavy lifting is left up to him too often. And I don't think he'll be able to plug all the holes, so to speak. If they're not getting it done up forward, then they've got to move him down onto the ball. And I think they'll be sort of a bit like moving deck chairs on that famous ship again. I think, like you, I think Saints, it'll be tight for three quarters. I think Saints went away by four or five in the end, I think. Yeah, okay. Well, see you know, the, 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 I'm hoping H, sorry, I'm hoping H jumps back on soon too, but... Um, there's one player in that St Kilda team I really hope, and he deserves this, I hope he absolutely carves it and kicks a smack of goals, and that's Jack Higgins. Yeah. Missed out in the Premiership in 2020. I think their second flag he was omitted. Um, then he had, obviously, his um, his tumour. He's gone through so much, that kid, and he's been able to be an absolute star for the Saints the last two years, really, when you think about it, this year and last. And... Look, this year, he's just been an absolute uh, barometer for them. I hate yep. cliches, but every time he plays really well, they they they, they fire up. And if he kicks, yep. if he can get on the end of four or five or even three to four, uh, they win the game. And I, and I, and he absolutely deserves that. He's a, he's a ripping guy and, yes. you know, good blokes deserve to have some sort of rewards in their, in their career, I reckon. Yeah, great, mate, great points. Um Absolutely. I think uh, the new tip rat, um, I, I, I refer to him as, he plays very much sir. like Melanie. He does and does some damage, um, kicks some great goals, and I think he really, he's kind of the flair that St Kilda don't show a lot of the time. Um, and I'd love to see St Kilda free up a little bit more, but I know back in the day when Ruse was kind of working through Melbourne, you started out with that real defensive mindset, and that's where kind of uh, what... Um, Ross Lyon does so well. He squeezes teams so hard. So I'm going to call this the real ugly final, this one. Um, I believe yeah. it's going to be an absolute ugly final for a lot of the game. Uh, and then hopefully, um, my my thoughts are that Rossi tries to open them up and GWS hit them back the other way and and uh, Toby Green's a difference in the end. Um, so I think GWS probably three goals. But it sounds like it's going to be a tight, pretty tight final series um, amongst these games we've spoken about so far. No massive blowouts. Hopefully, the Demons is the biggest blowout uh, by 30-plus. Um, be nice for the Demons. But anyway, H, uh, tell us what you think, mate. Is it going to be GWS or is it going to be St Kilda to get through to round uh, two? going to be interesting. I'm looking at this from a coaching perspective. Adam Kingsley coming from St Kilda, so yeah. would intimately know a majority of that playing list. However, I think this is the the absolute stage that Roscoe the Bosco wants, and that is, you know, backs against the wall, and I'll show all the football people about what it takes to actually build a team, and that is the the defensive mindset, the ability for them to just squeeze and deny the ball. The Giants are a free-flowing team, and when, when Essendon basically lifted up their skirts and got 
and got whacked a few weeks ago up in Sydney, you could see that their ball movement with no pressure is as good as anyone in the competition. But I just don't see them getting that space and that time on the ball. I think they match up very similarly through the middle of the ground. Tom Green's obviously a really good contested player. So they need to put a bit of work into him. With Steele being a little out of form, do they just go head-to-head? You know what I mean? They're similar body shape. They lack a little bit of leg speed outside the the post-clearance ball, but they're both very much important for their teams. Crouch has been in good form. Um, Cornelio, similarly for the Giants, I think it's probably going to get done where I I just strongly believe that with Taylor not playing, I believe that's that's the case. Is that right? Yeah. I just just believe that. You know, you, you, you're basically then you, you're asking Himmelberg to play as the tall and then you, you've got a few players in the forward line for St Kilda at the moment that are that their pressure is really high and elite at the moment with Membry and King as the two tall forwards. I think the Saints can get enough of a look to play the game in their own forward half and it'll be something like eight goals to five goals, the result. And I think the Saints will win. Yeah, it's, it's a lovely nice setup. I, I think the way Lion coaches, he'll love the chances you said, hopes to shine on the big stage. Absolutely. And it, it'll be choke first, and then it'll get to the point where they'll be trying things, JWS. But as you said, with, they won't have the cattle to stop King, memory, who are tall and good marks. And, start and Martin, to find a bit form. And they've got Briggs. I, I can't yeah. see Riccardi standing up in a big final as a forward for the Giants. Do you know what I mean? I... I think that battle getting back after his concussion for that one week, that breather. They've got Wilkie who can play lockdown. I just think that Saints will just have that defensive mechanisms in place, squeeze the game up, make it slow, not allow them to take the ball off the line, which they love to do, the Giants, and run through the middle. And I reckon the Saints will get it done. And Roscoe may take his top off when he's walking around the boundary, swinging it over his head, singing, I told you so, I told you so. And sorry, Rats, but get back to the little hole you're in. Uh, Talk about the stiffest yeah. man in football. Well, sometimes, sometimes, unfortunately, people can drive the bus and sometimes people sell tickets on the bus and sometimes people just replace tyres on the bus. That's how it works. Yeah. yeah. And that doesn't mean anything against Brett Ratton. He's obviously a great bloke and a great, you know, and there's probably been a history of those sort of people. Not many of them can drive the bus and be good at it. That's the reality of it. Yeah. I like the analogy. It's very, uh, very true. Guz, what positions did you hold back in the day? <laughs> Couldn't have seen that coming from a mile away. How many tyres did you replace, Cuz? No, it's more selling tickets, mate. All about making money, mate. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I agree, Cuz. In that get-up, too. In that casino, get-up. Casino, Cuz, we used to call you, mate, back in the day. Hey. Hi, me. Put your manners back in. Come on. Righto, boys. Um, boys, well, I think we talked about it very quickly before we started the show, but don't you still think the dark horse uh, in this one could be Jesse Hogan? What's your thoughts? Does he oh, get an opportunity? Does he get enough space against well, St Kilda's team? I don't, Jesse Hogan plays his best. He's not a contested marking player. He's better when he's on the move. Yep. Like, That's what I mean. Does he get the space? His whole career, yep. He's he's not dissimilar to it, to, you know, totally from player. But I'm talking about contested marking. Franklin could never mark the ball above his head, but if you if he got up the ground and worked his players back to goal, he'd done them all in. Jesse Hogan's a lead up player, so 
you know, Ross won't allow him, I don't think, that space and, and ability to be able to hit up to the footy. And and that's that's the, well, the way Ross sets up the coaching structure for that football team. And when they've been at their best early in the year, no one could move the ball against them. No one. And I, they won games. I, I look at it 50 metres further up the field, H, yeah. and that's the fact that they'll starve the injuries in the first place. Don't worry about, yeah. don't worry about blocking his space. It's, it's, it's the fact that... It's most there. likely going to be it's going to be grubby entries inside anyway. That's yeah. what Russell wants. So yeah, um, that's why such an important play for him because then he can roll off an impact. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the other thing too with Jesse is that, um, and the, and the stupid part about the way Essendon played three weeks ago was that they just played one on one. They just went dirt, dirt, the six forwards on the six defenders, space galore, right? Yeah. Even though Carlton lost last week, Jesse Hogan didn't have a great impact. Why was that? Because Weering decided to play off him and block his space in front of him. That's why. On a regular basis. I totally agree with that. The problem for Carlton last week was that there was no pressure up in the midfield. So if it wasn't Jesse, it was the other other forwards that were able to get on the end of some of those marks. Like, is it young Brown? Um, He he, he looks like a star too. He's he's going to be a very good footballer. Yeah. Um, but the problem was the feed was way too clean for Carlton to give to GWS, and I don't think St Kilda's going to do that. So they're going to they're going to grub it up in the middle, and that'll be it. I think that's where St Kilda wins it. Yep, and don't uh, don't forget the silver service that's going to be delivered too from Rowan Marshall. Um, it's probably the second best ruckman in the comp right now, if not possibly the best uh, in form ruckman. So who's um, he behind, mate? If you say Gorn, I'll I'll throw him. Oh, good! Unless you knew who the best one was, but anyway, let's move to the, <laughs> move to the last game. Descri- disclaimer, eh? Disclaimer. Yeah. No, no, no. I knew who. I, I know who he means. Goldstein. Yeah. Yeah. Good old Todd. Um, North will never. Be, North will never be anything, mate. While they leave Gold Goldstein there, mate. He's they're talking. We talked to a little bit off camera about players that just played for milestones. Now, uh, sadly. Uh, they got to make a call on Goldstein. They've got to get through the young Ruckman. No, no, he's um, playing next year. Yeah, I know. I know. I can't believe it personally, but... 100%. 100%. He should be He should be moved on. They should play Cherry, whatever you want to call his name, Cherry, Zeri, X-Man, yeah, whatever his yeah. name is, and play two of the other buffoons got on their list and say either, either impact here or you'll be playing for Spotswood next year. Off you go. Yeah, mate. I, I have I have a theory, Hayden, and that is they don't rate Sherry that well. That's why Goldie's still on the list, and they're probably going to try and trade in for net the following year. Uh-huh. And Sherry will probably be out this time next year because I don't rate him either. I think Sherry's an absolute liability. Mm. He's terrible. Yeah, that's the problem with North. Their big men and their defence is horrendous. It's midfield forward, they're okay. Yeah. And what is H? What wins what's big games? Thoughts, H, on, what's your thoughts, H, on um, Brody Grundy potentially for North? Should they throw the sink at him? No, nah, nah, they, they they can't do that. No, nah, because, yeah. like, it, it, he has to go to a team. He has to go to a team where he's the number one ruck and the window is open. Yeah, correct. Yeah. You can only one or two years maximum. And and unfortunately, Brody Brody's the start of all these long-term contracts that everyone wants to poo-poo now because – for yep. whatever reason, Collingwood signed him on a seven-year deal, if you remember rightly. Yeah. 
couldn't wait to discard him after a year of that because they realised they'd made an awful mistake and they had to free up salary cap space to get rid of him and Trelaw, remember? Yeah. And and true Ruckman, just bona fide Ruckman, look at his whole career. He doesn't mark the ball. He doesn't get high possessions. He doesn't push back and forward like Gorn does. When I will say this in defence to Gorn this year because I think Gorn's been unbelievable across the journey the last five years. But this year, his best games... He's been the best player on the ground by the length of the Flemington straight. Hmm. And when apart Brady's from him, first 70% of the year, there hasn't really been a ruckman other than Marshall that's played consistently well throughout the year. In our game now, in the AFL game, you know, a really good one is unreal and shit ones that North have had, they may as well not play them. They may as well play an extra midfielder. Yeah. And give up it, the the potential next year to get to go to a third club, he'll go to a third club and he'll have his original club still playing for his contract. I, I think he should in, go in to Adelaide. End of story. That's it. I, I I don't think he's leaving. There's four years on this whole thing. That's a massive payout for the Melbourne Footy Club all of a sudden. So for me, yeah. I actually think he stays. I no, honestly do. Melbourne are in the box seat with that deal, no no question. Um, if someone's not really going to fess up or, or cough up, so to speak, um, and take take the heat off Melbourne's payment, so Melbourne should end up having end up paying nothing out of this deal if okay, uh, someone that, really wants him. Is, is he happy being the second stringer, do you think, honestly? Do you think no, he's happy being not. the second stringer? No, absolutely not. Why? I mean, it's, it's really interesting. People talk about whether that worked, whether that – what got sold to Grundy, Okay. I personally don't believe as a Melbourne supporter that Grundy was actually sold the dream of playing up forward. I actually think they had actually more vision of Max playing more up forward. I actually think the Max up forward concept didn't work, which why they had to push. Because the games that they did play, they probably played Max more up forward and Grundy more in the ruck. And then when – but the issue with Grundy is he came in underdone. So he didn't play as many games. He wasn't fit enough to run games out. So I actually yeah. think that experiment isn't done yet. The question is, is he done and wants to go anyway? That's it, it, it's a it's an interesting call because there's no question he wants to go to a club that's going to be in the window. The question is, he's at the best club that's in the window right now, and he's I reckon he's actually stupid to move on. Um, but Correct. Who, who will see? Who will see? Yeah, oh, good, luck, good luck finding a club that's going to take that contract on. Honestly. Yeah. What, what what's he worth in the open market? I know he's going to have to have some of his contract playboys by a prospective new club. But what's he worth now? Is he's, has his brand been damaged a bit by this year? I don't think I, so. I, yeah, I, no, I, I think he's yeah, he's five hundred k, five fifty maximum. Yeah, I think I think he's been damaged a bit. I think is that is that is that five fifty at Melbourne though because of Gorn, or is it more like seven eight hundred if he went to another club? That hopes that's the thing, right? To well, me, we, to we, me, none he's of still us, in the... none of us know speculation around salaries, obviously. But like, let's think of Sydney Swans. Franklin's gone now. Don't tell me Franklin was running around playing for a hundred thousand this year. So that money's off the table. Anyone that thinks contract was playing for Smarties this year. The man is a money-hungry pig. So he would have been playing for no less than 600 this year. They've lost They've lost Hickey. He would have been on 300 to 350. I'm saying there's, there's cap space there. They've signed a Marty who's not ready to play as a, as a Ruckman or McLean as a Ruckman. 
They they will definitely come after Grundy. They will put a deal together, and Grundy will be playing for Sydney next year, in my opinion. He could do. Done. But I, I, I'm with Aaron. I, I actually... Happy days. I honestly think he'd be foolish to leave such a brilliant program that Melbourne now put together. I really do. I agree. And I agree. I but think... no one wants to be... No one wants to be second fodder. You don't, you don't want to be going out with the same bird and you just get sloppy seconds, do you? You, you want to be in there first. Yeah. No, I agree. Yep. I agree. But I think he's got to be realistic. He's got to find a club that's willing to stump up that contract. And even though the Swans, you make a good point about the Swans and their cat, the fact of the matter is they've still got to find enough space to still have investment in their future players as well. Any other players that want to come across to the Swans. And yeah, I don't think Grundy... Parker's coming off a, a big contract now, and and that money's dwindling because Parker's just about cooked. Let's be honest. So, yeah, there's some money freeing up there. I reckon they need to start looking after the the Goldens, the 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 you know the the midfield group that they're trying to build there. They've just signed the Lizard to seven year deal, didn't they? The Lizard. Did you like that? Beautiful. So, so this this actually. So then you make a point about all those players that are going to need to be bumped up with contracts, and probably a Marty as well. Yep. Um. That 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 even lesser makes Grundy an option for me, particularly in years two and three. I, I, I really think Grundy's best move is to stay exactly where he is, be patient, you know. Mm. He, he may still get a hit this year. He may still get a hit in the next four weeks. And it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if he does. Other side of the coin, boys, injury free. How many more years Max Gorn got in? Three. No, I reckon three. Yeah, three years. Yeah. Like, he's so resilient. It's a long time to wait in the wings. No, but no, I, the reason to. I reckon... The reason don't I reckon have to be that way in Kleincast. Yeah, the reason mm. I reckon he's got three is I reckon Max got one more, probably in the middle, and yep. then I actually think he might play a bit more down yeah, forward. forward. Um, hmm. And he won't play every game. That's that's what you kind of get when you've got an older Ruckman like that's, that. That's what I'm saying. Patience, patience, yep. patience, patience. You're one year into a five-year deal. Correct. I mean, he's smart enough. Jesus. I think he will. Um, the question is, he's kind of showing his hand, starting to shop around already. Um, is he that, though? You know, that, I mean, is he? I mean, I go back to this bull, the, the 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 bullshit the media want to carry on about. Yeah. I mean, do that? Who cares if they had a fucking chat? So what? Yeah. yeah well, he hasn't well, signed in It's it's one. It's a ruthless market now, and if you're not doing it yourself. Yeah. You wouldn't want to be well, relying on Darcy. Darcy just signed on for five years at Essendon, which I'm really happy about. Mm. How many other clubs would have would have said, "Let's have a cup of coffee"? I mean, this is the this is the whole beat up bullshit about. Yeah. Well, the reality the, is, the media drives media. the narrative. Yeah, the, the media drives the narrative because the media put yep. the money into the. To be honest, yeah, and so they want yep. their pound to fly. We've all got to accept that, and players accept that because if they want to sign multi year deals of six hundred mm. plus thousand. Then they've got to expect that they're going to cop their whack along the way. But what's hmm. not not mentioned in the media is the narrative around the Darcy scenario was that oh well you should take the deal, mate, because you know obviously no one else has offered you any more. Categorically, without going into semantics, five teams had offers on the table for Darcy, including your own team, Aaron. Yep, uh, I did hear that. Could you enough. believe that? Could you believe that as a Melbourne supporter that? Your A your A grade game is your midfielders, yet they're transitioning to see that Viney won't be able to do that forever and then the yep. next bloke won't be able to do that forever and and so that that's healthy and that happens all the time. Do you know Zach Merritt last year spoke to seven clubs, physically sat down with his management and spoke to seven clubs before he signed a seven year deal. Yeah. Mm. 
Yeah. This, it just so happens. The reality is good players are always marketable and commodities for other teams. But yeah. most players want to be one club players. Would you agree with that? Most good players yeah. want to stay at yeah, the club. I'd agree with that, yeah. Yeah. And it's only oh, if they're well, for me. If they haven't quite fit into a system or a new coach comes in and sees something and blah, 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 you know, you know, if Petrarca and Oliver and these guys, they're stars of the game. We get that, okay? Mm. They, they really wanted to leave for just money. Someone else would have offered them a 10-year deal. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So yep. we've got to somehow meet what the market's prepared to do for players and stop worrying about some little rat that you mentioned, Lovey, earlier or some bloke that's thrown out or a bird, thrown out a one-liner that everyone jumped. I spew up every day when I listen to SEN and Jared Jared Waitley hands over to, to the pipe at 12 o'clock and all he wants to talk about is who's in the firing gun. Like, yeah. we're talking about, we're talking about, every time I turn the TV on in the AFL, we're talking about mental health. We're talking about the players' welfare. We, we openly promote shows that shit can and put the acid on players. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know where this is going to. Well, is it going to take, take someone topping themselves before we realise that people are under stress here, even though they get paid well? But the game brings the money in. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Can you think of another industry where, where it's open slather to discuss other people's salary? Like it's well, like we're talking about the women. Means, do you mean sports industries, cars? Oh, or do you mean, I mean working not, industry? Not, not the sports industry. Like, like, like we, don't, we don't talk. Like you might know someone else's wage if you know them personally or whatever, but it's open slather. And when, when they get more, it's like, oh, they're greedy. Not, not a fan. Mm. I mean, Alan George can hand back his 21 mil, but apart from that, <laughs> there we go. Oh, that little rat. Speaking of little rats, I mean, you know, I know, he was, I know he was done in the next few months effectively anyway, but, mate, stand there, you little prick, and take some medicine um, and instead of just bolting and leaving it with someone he else won't. to take the diary. Well, what about when he, he when he faced the Senate when he faced the Senate committee and the and the the senators are grilling him even if he didn't want to admit the truth? I thought you little well, dog. I'll give him I'll give him one thing. At least he said he didn't admit the truth. As for your man Dan, <laughs> he just forgets everything. It never my, happened. My, my man Dan. Is <laughs> my man Dan. Okay. Anyway, uh, my man Dan. Okay. We'll talk about that another day. Um, have we got one more game to go yet? We have. Yeah, we have. <laughs> And potentially the game of the um, final series, to be perfectly honest. No, the, game. the question uh, is, no, um, you're huge on this Port is... Adelaide, Cuz. Um, you have been. 267 favourite to $1.47. Sorry, they're not favourites. <laughs> it's, it's, it's probably a wider margin than I thought, actually, but to be perfectly don't, honest. Don't run a betting agency, Aaron. Do yeah, not I'll, run I'll a betting agency. Those tips from Cuz. That's how well I'm going. It's um, funny because... Tell us, Cuz. You, you look at their form for the airport, and they had that that strong and that long sequence of wins. But a lot of people don't give them a chance at all here, and you've got to give them a chance. I would have thought, like I, I'll give them a chance. Like Brisbane should win up there, but I go back to I think we touched on it the other week, and speaking to a few other people on the weekend about footy, a side that relies on another snake and Danaher to kick goals. They can be very hit and miss. I know they've got a great midfield and they've got goal kicking midfielders in McCluggage and those sort of blokes, but 
Joe Denher has has had a good year, but him and Hipwood, I'm not super confident about going into them to win your finals. Have you got that Jim Carrey clip about so I'm a chance, as? <laughs> Just happens that I do. Yeah, that's telling me there's a chance. Yeah! <laughs> he's, resembling, he's resembling more and more of you, Cuz. I just think it's not the lay down as the other people think it is. I think Brisbane will win, but I think it'll only be a couple of goals. Uh, the question I ask, Cuz, will it be those two forwards that get the job done, or are those goals coming from these midfielders? I, I think the midfielders. Yep. And, I'm, and I'm not, I'm not dirty on jokes here with that. And I, I just don't think he plays well enough when he has to in the big games. Well, every game they win up there is a potential game they're going to drop at some point, right? So they they, they can't get um, too confident that they're just going to walk up and to get the job done. It's finals time, boys. It's a different game now. So uh, the question is, it's a seven twenty five game. If you believe all the bullshit about the slippery ball, um, anything can happen. Anything can happen. Well, it's a bit like I said about Sydney earlier. It's a, I, I think it's a bit of a free hit for Port. Like if they win it, they get a second chance. If they lose it, so they get a second chance. And if they win it, they're into a pro-win. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. So, in your think opinion, in your opinion, who gets it done? Is it Port? And margin. Now I'll go. I'll go Brisbane just two goals. Right. I'm going advantage. Right. So someone's H. kicking the goals for them. Um, yeah. yeah. H. H. Uh, look, I, I'd have to look at the. I haven't seen the teams. Help indulge me a little bit. I don't know if they've come out obviously, and there's any injuries, but I'm assuming Port still have no Ruckman, correct? Yep. For now. And they'll be playing a mixture of a couple of hybrids in their forward half, in the ruck and forward. And and I reckon their last line defenders are probably their Achilles heel port. I wouldn't be surprised if we're hearing, country road, take me home to the place I belong. Join Denver. Little Chucky, might, we might be singing that about four or five times, a little Chuck Chuck, I reckon. And the little the little motorbike might be getting revved up. I reckon they'll smash port. There you go, forty plus. Uh, big blowout, love it. So, uh, if the if the grand final wasn't going to be played at the MCG, Brisbane would be winning this year's premiership. I agree. I'm I'm absolutely a hundred on that. The only thing stopping Brisbane from being premiership favourites is the fact that it's at the MCG. Um, Lovely, sorry. Oh, on that, then, if they do win their two home finals with momentum, win them well, do you still think no chance if they make it? Against Melbourne, not against the Melbourne or a Collingwood on a grand final yep. day in the MCG in front of 95,000 people that want to fucking kill you. There's no chance. So um, for me, Brisbane, um, you talk about Danaher's, they're a bit maligned or they're a bit hit and miss. What's Brisbane's record at the Gabba the last two years? Three years? Four years? Yeah. When they've lost 30, that many times. Yeah. So, for me, wins. that's a fact. 
Yep. So straight away, for me, there's six-goal margin. Second of all, you've got a very inexperienced Port Adelaide midfield from Correct. a finals perspective in comparison to a very body-hardened uh, Brisbane midfield. You've got, I mean, Dunkley is why they are where they are compared to last year. Dunkley has been horribly underrated this year. Should have been All-Australian. Um, his Brisbane's gain has been the dog's loss this year. Dunkley not being at the dogs is why they're where the dogs are. So don't, I, I find Dunkley being the absolute keys to why they've improved yet again this year. I see this being um, an absolute hiding. I, I, I find this to be an 80-point win for Brisbane. I think they walk in, and I see Port Adelaide, Port Adelaide potentially straight sets because they're going to have a pretty revved up either St Kilda or GWS the following week who will smell a, 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 an upset. Mm, I think okay. Port, Port, Port ran all their leagues through that 13-win streak. Yep. Very, very hard to keep momentum like that. When you lose it three weeks from finals, geez, it's hard to get back. Hayden knows that better probably than anyone as a coach. It's, it's extremely tough when you've lost your momentum just before finals. Fucking yep. hell. It's, 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 it's twice as difficult try and string wins again than it would have been in, say, round six to ten. It's, yep. it's almost it's in the head. And, and I, think, I, I think when you don't have any opposition for big Oscar McInerney either, um, That's- you say Rowan Roa Marshall is going to be a bit of a periscope. Well, mm. Oscar McInerney is going to be even more so this weekend. Oh, yeah. and I, I, I just don't see the Port Young Guns getting their hands on the football enough. Dick Dixon yep. still had hurt him as well, doesn't it? Dixon still had hurt Marshall's not a proven performer in big games. Yep. Uh, ben Lacen will be playing on the ball as a as a hybrid, you know, ruckman. Um, look, he's Rosen, a- Butters, but Butters will be their best player because Butters just plays the game at a tempo yep. that his life depends on every contest he's involved in. So. Rosie's classy, but Rosie requires the, the time and space to be able to work in. And I just don't reckon up there, greasy ball, ball not spilling out, not getting that clean looks that they get when they're out and running. Yeah, I, as I said, 40-plus for me. I'm not sure they'll win by 80, but Oscar McInerney, just silver service wherever you want it. And, um, you know, don't be surprised if you see guys like Rayner and these sort of guys getting off the chain, kicking two and three goals, and it'd just be too much for Port. You know what I reckon Port... And, and they're going to suffer for it now in this final series. They've, they've plumped up Horn Francis, Butters, Rosie through the midfield a lot. And it's been at the expense of Ollie Warns. Now, if I was if you were, if you I was coaching Port Adelaide, I reckon I've missed a step here this year. Ollie Warns is not in the form he probably needs to be and should be. He's, not, he's certainly not getting a lot of the football. And they're going to back those three young guys in, which, which is fine. But in the heat of a final... I reckon I'm wanting the guy with the tree trunk legs in there, right there, getting the pill and telling Josh Dunkley, mate, I've got a brown bow, you haven't. Get out of my fucking way and I'll feed it out to these young blokes. But it hasn't been happening often enough. You know, Ollie Warns has just been a bit part player. And as a Brownlow medal, I'm still under the age of 30. I find it staggering the way they've used him this year and I just think that's going to backfire for them. They haven't got him in form going into the finals. And they need him. Do you think Hickley's trying to turn him from an inside player to an outside player? How, how no. are you going to turn a 95-kilogram oh, no, football no. who's only known one way 
He's like Jack, he's Jack Viney on steroids when he's going. So you can't turn that sort of player into all of a sudden an outside player. He's not even quick enough. So well, I, I, I agree, but, but, he's, but he's gone from like playing as to one of your first four pick to go in the mid to, as you said, hmm. becoming a bit player this year from a mid perspective, hasn't he? What it is, it's time and opportunity for the Greek god of Souvlaki's called Adrian Dodoro to pick up the phone and say, <laughs> he's coming home, coming home. Tell you know what? the bombers he's coming home. You know what, H, if, 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 if Lordo and Kane Corns were to go hard on someone in life, deals Dodoro would have to be it. Get him out. But I'm, I'm telling you, Adrian has nudes of every person in yeah. that footy club that matters, yeah. and he's just he's just putting them underneath the door, going, "Don't forget what I've got here, boys. Don't forget yeah. what he, I've he, got he, here." He is including you, Hutch. What's that? Including you, mate, because you're a mover and shaker. Uh, well, no, he wouldn't want any any nudes of me, cousin. Let's be honest. <laughs> I don't think they <laughs> sell on the tabloids very well. It's why those lights are going on in the background. <laughs> the great Kyle Langford said to say good day to you on the weekend. He said, oh, bomber, good fella. So, mate, all the blokes know you out there, mate. Well, I played golf with Kyle during the week and Darth, so there you go. A bit of a name drop there. And Brad, his old man, funny bloke, Brad. He tells me now, <laughs> you live in Montmorency, he tells me he made team of the century in Montmorency. He played centre-half forward, uh, Brad Langford, for nine years. And a bloke from West Preston, and King hit him and broke his jaw, and he retired at 28. There you go. There's a mark there for you. You know He's what, Glenn? Think you want to name drop a lot, Glenn? Why don't you? Uh, I didn't name drop. Why don't you get? I didn't Langers name drop. Or, why don't you get Langers or Darcy Parish to fucking sell your home for you, mate? That'll that'll work. <laughs> Just get them to come out and say, "Hey, I'm, I'm well, a footballer. I'm no Glenn." I asked Darcy to come on the footy. I asked Darcy to come on the podcast. He asked for a brown paper bag. Halton style. <laughs> he, uh, he, he made one mistake. The great man, Cuz, he made one mistake. That's one mistake only. He didn't come to Ray White Berwick and get the bomber involved. If he had it done that, <laughs> yeah. life would have been easy, son. There would have been no yeah. campaign agent. We would have just sold it to some Biafran. Yeah, there's no exactly. there's no support, there's no suburban borders for Hayden. He'll do it for you. I'll go anywhere, mate. Have car, we'll travel. <laughs> yeah. I know H mentioned uh find an agent that knows the area. I totally disagree with that fact, H and Find someone in this case that knows nothing about Cousins Joint and just run the wrecking ball through it. Bring, 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 the, bring the big bidders, Cuz. Bring yeah, the big bidders. up council and, and wants to know how many townhouses he can get on that block quickly. Correct. Correct. That's the best way to get a permit, Cuz. Paper bag, get down to the council and get the job done. I can chuck six on here. I can chuck six apartments on here. Watch me. Absolutely. Righto, boys. Um, it's been a great chat as always. Um, we must talk about we must talk about this before we finish. <laughs> oh no. If ever, if ever you've put a bike <laughs> in a roll, uh, what could go wrong here, cuz? Um, I know you've had a few weeks to prepare yourself for the big division one finals, but and there's a couple of hostile little situations popped up in the last couple of weeks that to be honest, when the heat was on, I think you're up having hot chips. I think you're in <laughs> the heat of the battle, cuz. If you're going to lie, mate, at least lie well. You were standing right next to me when the heat of the battle was on. So let's be honest about this. 
not offering me a chip. Anyway, spoke to the um, spoke to the parties and look, it got a bit got a bit heated. And look, I'm not talking out of school here, but um, the location of the coaches' box at Preston doesn't lead to what would I call it, harmony amongst the coaches and the punters behind them, so to speak. And there was a bit of toing and throwing from both combatants last week, which probably if people had their time again, they probably would do things a little better. Yeah. Um, you banned them? No, no. the posters up? Got their posters so their faces up and say, don't let these pricks in? No, no, no. Look, it's, it's the common theme of you mix vocal people with alcohol and it tends to go not well most times and that happened on the weekend but look of the games i've had and been involved in so far so over the last what three weeks just about all been pretty good yep yeah absolutely and uh let's finish the show with wishing all the best for any player out there playing finals at the moment um all the best and yep. Good luck for the next couple of weeks. And, it's, uh, um, we, we should yeah. we should mention the good Stanton, Justin's Nana Goon prelim Saturday. H, is that correct? Yes. Uh, the the as I like to call them, the little, little Savaloys, the little hot dogs. That's in their song. Um, Down the goons. He uh, he's got the the Nana Goon red hot Savaloys into a prelim against the the Phillip Island Bulldogs, captain coached by Cam Pedersen, the very the very large Great frame game. of Cam Pedersen. Yep. And um, fair to say that uh, having won two finals at this stage, uh, they've certainly surpassed their expectations of the previous year where they bombed out in the first week like the Mighty Spiders underneath the little uh, the little chubby Stanton Hayden here. So uh, he's certainly <laughs> got bragging rights in the family at the moment. Uh, so good luck to him. Hopefully uh, they do a good job and get into a grand final. Inverloch Kongwak are sitting there waiting for the uh, – the victor to make their way through to the grand final. So it'll be very... So what's their name? What's their name? So Inverloch what? Inverloch Kongwak. Kongwak. So yep. if you know that area, when you go up the hill from Inverloch, going out towards, say, Wonthaggy area, yeah. yep. uh, there's a little town there called Kongwak, and they merged many years ago. Is that so because Kongwak has about 10 people in it? Uh, <laughs> And, and I think there's about 700 dairy cows. Right. Yeah. So they're not called the cows. No, no, they're called the eagles actually because they're right on the on the water and like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, right, oh, it sounds like swamp football. It's good footy. I mean, Phillip Island's always been a pretty good football club. Let me tell you, this time of the year, boys, and I think we all agree, it makes you realise that we have the greatest game in the world, mate. And yeah. In four weeks' time, when it's all done, Jesus Christ, we'll all be on the pub again. It's going to be horrendous. Absolutely. Absolutely. And shout out to uh, Timmy Livy, who's jumped on and given us a few comments today. He's uh, he's pretty certain North uh, Harvey's Boomer, Harvey's uh, and Shane Harvey's old boys, uh, North Heidelberg, they're going to give it to Monty. So, if look, if Monty go out in the straight sets, it's going to be another disappointing year. Um, oh, I think I think I think that means Cuz would have to give up his Northern Football League, uh, Glenn Wheatley type management role and uh, take up uh, take up presidency as the Montmorency Football Club. I think he's going to have to shape him up a little bit. It sounds like he's a bit of a mover and shaker himself. That big red beard, that threatening looking red beard he's got oh. going at the moment. I reckon that 
has scared the shit out of those underachievers at Montmorency. Can you Why don't you pull with... your head, your bored head into your necklace body, mate, and shut up? <laughs> Righto. Let's end the show on a winner. Uh, yeah. Cuz, there's no doubt you've dropped the ball tonight, mate. It's uh, <laughs> been a great ball. <laughs> Again. You, mate. Anyway, all right. Mm-hmm. And just to let you know, here's Cuz's uh, latest update. Oh, no. <laughs> no friend request from Cuz. Welcome yeah. back, Cuz. Great yeah. to have you on again, H. Fantastic to see you, mate. Yeah. Lovey, welcome back. You've been super tonight. Everyone have a great week, and we look forward to a little bit of banter off uh, off the broadcast in about two seconds' time. So, boys, take it easy. Have a good week. Go, Dees. Thanks, Thanks, Go, Dees. <laughs>